on Monday, March the 21st, which is tomorrow, the United States Supreme Court Judge Katandra Brown Jackson will sit before a panel of 22 senators for what may be the most important job interview of her life. Now comes a judge that is different from all the others. This judge is a woman, not just a woman, but a black woman, changing the game on the playing field, breaking barriers. Can you imagine that? A woman of color, the first black woman nominated to the US Supreme Court. What goes through your mind when I say it like that? In our history, in our culture, that shouldn't sound impossible, but the challenges are there. Oppositions are mounting, even now as I speak. And in this National Women's History Month, we say her name, and here is why. Because in our text this morning, the Jews were in trouble again. And you think they would have learned. It was instead an example of mass insanity. It was the same old cycle of peace and prosperity, rebellion and punishment, remorse and repentance, restoration and recovery. And then the downward spiral begins again. The cycle never seemed to end. And they were in the middle of it once again. So many times, church, we go along in life, and as long as things are smooth sailing in our lives, God is given little consideration. Even so-called Christians, some so-called Christians, will only give God one time on Sunday morning when things are going well. But when the storms begin to rage, the prayer wheels start turning. Just look at 2020. When the pandemic caused the world to literally shut down and the church doors along with everything else, folk were calling on the name of the Lord like never before. Am I right about it? Making promises and trying to bargain with God, saying, Lord, if you deliver us from this, then I will serve you all the days of my life. But now that things are getting back to some form of normalcy, the prayer wheels are suffering from flat tires dry rot and simply falling off. Amen, somebody. The attitude is now that the storm are over, we can just carry on life as is. But making it through the balance that is, is only the first step. To experience God's best in this next season of our lives, you and I must learn and be able to learn from this experience, draw closer to God, and call on the name of the Lord while he may be found. Here we are. In our text, God raised up Deborah at that time in history when the children of Israel were going through severe oppression from their enemies because of their spiritual adultery and because of the evil they committed in God's sight. He allowed them to be sold into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who at that time reigned in Hazel. The commander of this army was Sisera. In the scripture, we found a mighty woman of God 
who sat in a position of authority and of power judging Israel. She was a leader of the people of Israel. And the role of the judge was to first seek God for wisdom to judge rightly and make decisions on behalf of the people. Deborah being a prophetess, which means God spoke to Deborah under the palm of Deborah. This place was in the mountains. The mountains is where Jesus would go often to pray. In Matthew 6 and verse 12, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. I could just picture her listening for the voice of God to give her every word that she needed. So many trusted her and relied on the words she received from God. And as women and men of God, it is vital, it is vital that our complete dependence come from God, that we have our ears open to hear God speak. The awesomeness of this woman of God is that she was humble. She humbled herself before God and sought God from a pure heart. This woman, Deborah, was a leader of leaders. She knew who her God was and trusted fully in the deliverance and in the word she received from God. She was a woman of courage. She was not afraid of the enemy. She went out to battle, and even there she was ruling mightily. She knew how to take the lead, but she also knew how to stand in support for her friend. Barak was a mighty warrior and a commander of God's army, who at this time in his life wanted someone with him. And so he declared that if Deborah went with him, he would go into battle. You see, in the Greek word, Deborah means honeybee. And Barak means lightning. So honeybee and lightning, are you with me? We're getting ready to jump in the fight together. Somebody say amen. So in the song of Deborah, it states that they both sang a song unto the Lord. They gave all the glory to God because it was the Lord who sent them into battle. It was the Lord who gave the victory. Whatever we do for God's sakes, we must always, always remember that if it had not been for the Lord, it could not get done. Saints, we must go in the strength that the Lord provides. God wants to show up in our lives. And the problem, though, is that, that, that we have crowded God out of our schedules. Deacon Humphrey, Jesus is the Son of God, and yet he did not take that for granted. It was, for, it was his delight and his heart's desire to know what his father had to say about everything so he could walk and talk and do the will of God. Here in our lesson, we find that the Israelites failed to drive out the in inhabitants from the land. They forgot God. They served Baals. They forgot the Lord. And they followed and worshiped various gods of the people around them. They prostituted themselves to other gods and worshiped them. God sold them into the hands of their enemies, just as he said he would. They cried out to the Lord because they were oppressed by the peoples around them. The Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of the raiders. And they would obey God as long as the judges lived. But once they were dead, the folk went back to their rebellion and turned from God. God got angry at their stubborn ways. 
and said, because this nation has not kept the covenant that I laid down for their fathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out from them any of the nations Joshua left before he died. And now the Israelites once again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them in the hands of the Canaanites. The Bible says, then they cried out to the Lord and God sent a judge. Now comes a judge that is different from all the other judges. This judge is a woman. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Somebody say, here comes the judge. In our culture, we say that a woman can do anything, that she has equal rights from the men, right? And though that does not get carried out perfectly in reality, we are still a far cry from ancient Israel, where women were more or less viewed as property owned by men. In a world of men, run by men, it wasn't a bit unusual to have a woman hold such an important post. Church, let me remind you, however, that God will use anyone. God will use anyone who's willing to be used by him. Look at some of the people God used in the Bible. Prostitutes, shepherds, tax collectors, kings, folk who seemingly had nothing to offer by way of greatness, but God used to accomplish mighty things. But they all had one thing in common. They all were willing to be used. Not always happy about the mission, but always willing to go and to do. Look at this. God gave Deborah a message for Barak. God told him to go down and destroy Sisera, the army general of Canaan. This was not good news. Barak looked at Deborah like, sister, you have lost your mind. Didn't she know that Sisera had 900 iron chariots at his disposal? Iron chariots. What could he do against that? Was this a setup? Had he done something uh, uh, to displease God? Surely he must be joking. Or at least Deborah must be joking. So Barak, trying to save face, comes up with a little test. He will go if she'll go too. Now that would test the waters to see if that was a joke or something. Surely the sister wouldn't go alone. <laughs> Glory to God. War was a man's game. Certainly not a place for a woman, even if she was a powerful prophetess. But much to his surprise, she said, yeah, Barak, <laughs> I'll go. But with the understanding, come on somebody, that you will not receive the credit, but a woman is going to get it. Barak thought to himself, okay, why not? Everybody knows that Deborah is a prophetess and has a hotline to God already. So what's the big deal? But when the dust settles, come on somebody, and this thing is over, everybody will know that it was me that actually pulled this thing off, not her. I, I mean, what was she going to do? Single-handedly take Sisera and his chariots, wave her hand and all their wheels will just fall off? Not likely. And a woman indeed? <laughs> they'll know. They'll all know it was me. Yeah, my brothers and my sisters, they will all know. Notice how it was written in the Bible that Barak doesn't deny that he's supposed to go. He does not deny that the message is from God. He only says that without her, he will not go. The Bible says they both went down together at Kadesh where he summoned 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulon. Now listen to this church. Barak had believed Deborah but never dreamed that the battle would be so swift and so complete. 
And after seeing Sisera's chariots coming across the valley floor, Barak's heart had began to melt. In other words, he got scared. What had he gotten himself into? He and his army were no match for these chariots, and they all knew it. But suddenly, somebody say suddenly, Barak heard a noise. And what is that noise? He turns around, and right behind him, the mountain slowly started disappearing as floods of rain came sweeping down the slopes. And as the rain roared past him, he watched as the valley below slowly turns to mud. And heavy iron chariots gradually slowed down and then stopped completely. And the horses unable to pull anymore. None of them were going anywhere. This was the opportunity that Barak had hoped for, but never believed would happen. So now was his chance. He may, have had, may not have had 900, 900 chariots, but he had 10,000 men who were hungry for victory. The Bible says, with a mighty shout, they went charging down the hill towards Sisera and his army, who were leaping from the chariots and running in every direction. His army gave chase, with Barak himself in hot pursuit of Sisera. He wanted this guy for himself. I'm not about to give a woman credit for this. Oh, no. If I capture Sisera, I will be the champion of the day, not Deborah. But how many of you know that in the things of God, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. As long as God gets the glory, can I help somebody in here today? God will share the credit, but he will not share his glory. And church, we got to understand the importance of giving glory to God, even when we don't understand him. So many times we go alone in life, as long as things are smooth and selling in our lives, God is still giving little consideration. And just look at 2020, when the pandemic closed the world, literally shut down everything. We began making promises, trying to bargain with God, saying, Lord, if you deliver me this, then I'll serve you all the days of my life. The Lord opened the church doors again. I'll be, the, I'll be the first on the list. Am I right? But now things are getting back to some form of normalcy. The prayer wheels are no longer running. But yes, we made it through all the craziness of 2020. And now here in March 22, as we prepare to reopen the church in-person worship, it seems as though we're beginning to be able to get back on our feet on somewhat solid ground of a new day. We are ready to begin a new chapter in life. But let me warn you today, New Providence, this is not the time to get out of the fight. I need to say that again. I don't care how good things may be looking right now. This is not the time to get out of the fight. You better get back in the fight. Today our homes and our schools and our churches are under attack. The values of our families are being pulled right out from under our feet. It is a time we get in the fight and stand up for what thus saith the Lord. It's not always about the size of the dog in the fight, this is what I heard, but more or less the size of the fight in the dog. Oh, I don't have no helpers out there. I say to you, New Providence, pray without season. Study to show yourself approved. And yes, let's see some folks saved. And Barak, get back in the fight. Ephesians 6 says, take on the whole arm of God and get in the fight. Now watch this. Watch this. Look at Barak. He had to admit that Sisera would, would run. And it just goes to show you that the speed of a man's legs are determined more by who's doing the chasing rather than by who's being chased. Amen, somebody. And through all the rain and the mud and confusion, Sisera got a head start. 
But Barak knew which way he'd gone. He ordered some men near him to follow him. And off they went. After an hour or so of chasing, they came upon the home of Heber the Canaanite. Sisera can't be there. Not likely because everybody knew that Canaanites were cozy with Jabin, the king of Hazar. And this would be the first place they looked for Sisera. Barak figured they'd briefly stop for a drink, take a break, and eat a goat barbecue sandwich while they were waiting. Amen. But then, just then, the woman Jael comes out of the tent and says, the man you're looking for is in my tent. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that, did you? The man you're looking for is in my tent. Barak reaches for a sword, wanting to know why she's talking so loud. Cicero was silly to hear her and run out the back. But Jael sees a look on Barak's face and laughs and saying, don't worry, brother. <laughs> he won't be going anywhere. Can I get an amen in the house? And with a toss of her head, she motions for Barak to follow her into the tent. And there she uncovers Cicero, eyes budging out of his head, not moving or breathing. Flies all buzzing around, a tent peg sticking out of the side of his head, the other end embedded in the ground. And after covering him up and making sure he was asleep, this sister had swiftly but silently driven a tent peg through his temple. He never knew what hit him. She had enough of this pagan troublemaker. She'd had enough of him. He won't be coming around bothering her anymore. Amen, somebody. One strong arm, one heavy hammer, one sharp tent peg, and one hard blow equal one great victory. And it was just that easy. Barak is dumbfounded. All that chasing and running and sweating. And here is Cicero, lying there dead as well as a tent peg, killed by a woman. That's right, brothers. All the troops of Cicero fell by the sword. Not even Cicero was left. Church doing things with God brings total victory. We may never see it, and we might see it and not recognize it. But the Bible tells us that the victory is ours when the battle is the Lord's. God never wins halfway. Jesus never performed half a miracle. God's armies never won half a victory. God never kept half a promise. When God does something, he does it completely. And it finally occurred to Barak that Deborah's prediction about a woman getting the credit came true. All along, he thought it was Deborah, but instead it was Jael, the wife of Heber the Canaanite, a lowly tent dweller. Saints, what does it take to do something big for God? What is required to be a leader for the Lord Jesus Christ and his church? Simply to understand these three things, God will use anyone who's willing to be used by him. And it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory for the work of his people. And doing things with God brings total victory. Only by submitting to God can we do a great work for him. And even then, the outcome may surprise us. And in fact, it will surprise us. And the surprise is that God, who can do anything, he wants, chooses to use people like Barak, Deborah, people like Jael, people like us to do his work. Let me remind you this morning as I get ready to take my seat. It's not about you being a man or my being a woman. God can use anybody. So let's get back in the fight. Well, New Providence.
Just as God gave Deborah to give a word to Barak, we must have a word to speak life to a dying generation. Like Isaiah, God will call you. And you might say, I can't. But God says, yes, you can. Somebody ought to stand up and speak up. Too many people are hurting. Too many people are suffering. Too many people are crying. Church, stand up. Stand up, choir. Stand up, deacons and deaconesses. Stand up, trustees and preachers and missionaries. Stand up, speak up, get back in the fight. Tell our young people, don't worry about being successful. Just be faithful. Like Deborah, if you are faithful to God, all things are possible. God will give you everything you need to win the battle. Get back in the fight. You got a word in your mouth? Speak the word. The word needs to hear a word of life. You need a word in your willingness. You need a message in your misery. You need a text in your trials. You need a verse in your valleys. You need a scripture in your struggles. You need a command in your calamities. You need a precept in your pain. You need a revelation in your situation. You need a declaration in your despair. You need a stature in your storms. And we got a word for this new generation. That word is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus at noonday. And Jesus all night long. He's help in the time of trouble. He'll make your enemies your footstool. He'll hear you cry in the midnight hour. Where there's no help to your left, none to your right, none in front, none behind. Just look to the hills from which come your help. We got a word. And that word is Jesus. He's a doctor in a sick room. A lawyer in the courtroom. He's bread when you're hungry. Water when you're thirsty. I got a word for you, new providence. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I got a word for you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I got a word. If you have an ear to hear, we got a word. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Get back in the fight. God bless you. Get back in the fight. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuqua Varina, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us, and be blessed.